But uh, Tom Petty, I was on tour with my buddy John Shane in Europe, and we had a, a ride from somewhere to Hamburg. It was like an eight-hour drive, and he had the box set that had, I think, come out recently. And I was Petty aware. I've seen Petty going back to when he toured with Dylan and the Dead. Mm -hmm. He and Dylan were oh, together. Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah. Actually, my first Dylan show, The Dead, mm -hmm. opened for Dylan Petty. Uh, my first Dylan show, I don't know. Did I say that right? Anyway, but I not was never really hardcore and petty until john started walking me through every song and the significance and where it fit in the career and what out and man there's a lot to dive in there. it's not wow. dylan level but there's still a lot to dive in so, in the petty world yeah there's a monster uh, amount of recordings i think he was he was talking about in an interview about how many outtakes they did for uh wildflowers for that album petty was and which interview? petty was do you remember for wildflowers oh just an interview that you heard yeah it was um I mean, it's after, I mean, before he was dead, obviously, but, um, oh, the interviews after he died are really freaky. Yeah, it's kind of freaky. Um, you yeah. need a little box of DMT. Yeah. <laughs> but he talks about, um, how many outtakes they had for, for wildflowers. And uh, it was apparently it's just this large amount of reels, like hundreds of reels. Bit of a perfectionist. Yeah. Or they just tried a lot of different stuff. Well, it was interesting too, that. They would sort of jam, but not really. Mm -hmm. But then when he went on his mud crutch, they would take shit oh, out there. And you know what? <laughs> and that's what you got to tell somebody who doesn't like Tom Petty. Listen to the mud crutch stuff. Yeah, I fucked up. They were a tabernacle, and I could have gone. I, I had access to it. I forget why. You know, I might not even... It might have been one of my financial downturn moments where I just couldn't afford it. It was an expensive ticket. It was at the mm. tab. It was only like, I don't know, a couple thousand or something. Right. Tabernacle. Yeah. Great room, but it can be <clears throat> expensive when it's an underplay there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Brendan Bayless, your buddy, mm -hmm. our buddy. We, we we well, sure, I know him pretty well. But you you go way back with him. Like we go back. Like when I'm hanging out with him and bring up your name, a smile comes to his face immediately. That that's. Right. I don't think he bring, people bring up Rob Turner. I don't think he's smiling. <laughs> you don't know that. Everybody think, smiles when you, you're brought up. <laughs> Whatever the case. Yeah. Uh, very cool of him to come on, and I, I dug this interview. Very playful and fun, and mm -hmm. uh, we talk a little on freeze, but not too much. We just we get into the Brendan of Brendan. Mm -hmm. Christmas history, past, present, future. Right, right. What's your favorite uh, Christmas movie? Um, that's a good. That's a good thing to ask me because my my favorite has been changing over the years. Right, my number one used to be the Charlie Brown thing when I was a kid. Love the Charlie Brown thing. Uh, then I really got into older, you know, uh, in life. It's a Wonderful Life. That's the one. That's mine. That became that's the Jimmy Stewart, right? Yes, yeah. the one just. Love that film. 
And then as of late, um, it, it's been Christmas Story. You'll shoot your eye out. And um, National Lampoon's. Hmm. Interesting yeah. choice. As of lately, yeah. yeah. You know what? The other day I asked you, you didn't say that one. <laughs> and I actually saw Elf for the first time front to back. That is funny. And it is, that is great. Funny. I'm not a mainstream movie so guy. So great. But it's a funny movie. It is. Well, this year I'm going to make a point of seeing, um, what is it, Miracle on 34? Yeah, Street. I haven't seen that in a while. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that front to back. And um, I'm also going to revisit... The original Christmas Carol movie, the black and white one. Are they still making good Christmas movies? Fresh ones? Do we know? Obviously not in the theaters. They'd be made for TV. Well, or like, like we talked about in the interview, the, the sequel to Christmas Story, I thought was great. Right. And um, Any others? Um, there was, there's one called, a, it's animated, called Claws. Definitely worth a watch. It's not really like as... Christmassy Christmas, it's 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 a really, really, really interesting take on Santa Claus. Did you find it? I think it's with K, right? Uh, I was actually looking back at the Dylan Christmas album. Do, do you like the Dylan Christmas album, Carl? I don't know if I've heard it. Oh, my word. Yeah, it's K-L-A-U-S. And don't hit Carl, Claus Schwab. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, that's enough. Mommy, mommy, make him stop. <laughs> One man's nightmare is another man's dream. That's a picture of it. Claws. Oh, okay. Uh, you don't want to have seen that around. Yeah, sure. it's really worth a watch. Is it German? <laughs> no, it's not. It's 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 really it's really good. Um someone else told me another Christmas Prancer was their favorite. I'm like Prancer. The fuck is that? Don't know. Need some kind of um, Disney shit. I know. It sounds like I don't want to say. You know, Prancers. But um, listen, on your record, Mm -hmm. a song I just referenced. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm getting at? Mm, You ain't getting shit for Christmas. (laughs) A little little box of DMT. Oh, a little box of DMT. I can think that'd be a great way to lead, and it has a whimsical air that is that is uh, similar to correct the Brendan Bayless motif. I think that Dylan should cover it. He would sound great. DMT, I go crazy. There you go. Oh, your fingerprints. You're acting like an idiot. So here's that song, and then we'll go right into the interview. Enjoy, folks. Merry Christmas. Somebody gave me a box last holiday to me. A small, tiny box with the letters DMT. When I open the box and give a little whiff. I lose my mind! My little tiny box is precious to me.
What's up? How are you guys doing? Well, you, you sound anxious as usual. Yeah. <laughs> All fired up for this, aren't you? <laughs> hey, it's as Christmas, usual. man. Come on. Christmas time. That's funny. My, my wife will love that. I said, wow, you sound anxious as usual. <laughs> <laughs> we are releasing this on Christmas Day. So, sincerely, Merry Christmas. Oh, nice, man. Happy, happy all that stuff. And that, we'd like to ask, first of all, what was Christmas like in the Bayless household when you were young? Oh, it was uh, when I was a kid, it was basically me screaming over everybody else and jumping into all the camera shots and grabbing everybody's shit and are, breaking it. Are you the, where are you in the family lineage? Are you the oldest, youngest, or middle? I'm the, the third for, of four. Third, third of four. Okay, so we both kind of share the the um, unfortunate location of being towards the middle. <laughs> well, I was the the last kid, and then my little brother came around when I was five, and I tortured him for ten years about it until he was bigger than me. There you go. Stole, That's what I did, too. Stole your thunder. <laughs> yes, you did. And were you getting a lot of tennis-related gifts from your father? <laughs> um, he got a bunch of free tennis stuff, so we just were, it was, that was just a given. Whatever university he, he was working for, that was going to be our wardrobe for the year. Well, it's a side question. How is your tennis game? Hmm. Uh, it, is, it, is, it is good. It is strong. Uh, okay. Does anybody else in the band play tennis? Um, not at my level, no. Not at your level. Okay, so what, have you done pickleball yet? Yes, I have. And what do you think of that? I think it's, 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 it's comical how easy it is for me. Right, interesting. Um, I've play, I played with some neighbors and some... Uh, it's, it's just, to me, it's just like a video game. So, so you, you excel at it then rather well. Well, I don't want, I don't want to, you know, 
you're the, you're asking. I didn't bring this up. Well, because it's huge in our area. Because we live in a retirement community, and if you ever wanted to get famous, you could just move <laughs> down here and uh, start playing pickleball with the old folks. Well, getting famous has never been a goal. Right. Uh, <laughs> no. getting, so far, so good. Paid. Getting, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. <laughs> we get you some endorsements and some pickleball rackets or some shit. Yeah, man, and some headbands and sweatbands. You know what we should do is we should put out a line of those really old school short tennis shorts, but that have like a tight liner in it, so the balls don't come out. (laughs) All right, we we have gone. That's a different direction. That's considered cheating. Yeah, get back to Christmas. Let's get back to Christmas. Wait, wait, I'm I'm curious. Is this is are we? Does this podcast already start? Yeah, Yeah, is that is this conversation too casual for you? Yeah, we don't oh, like no, we don't I like didn't... the pregame. The pregame, then people, you know, they start. <laughs> should it should it be scripted okay. like others? Yeah. No, <laughs> no. I, I just would have been more graphic. Had I needed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say whatever the heck you want. So, when you were a kid, what kind of toy or gift did you bitch and moan about getting and and either get or not get? Uh, well, I wanted all the Star Wars stuff. Yeah, me too. Uh, um, did you ever have some? Was... Did you ever have some asshole in the neighborhood who had like the GI Joe aircraft carrier, and you're like, fuck that guy. Yeah, Tristan Stoner was his name. See, isn't it funny we remember these kids? Mine was <laughs> Philip Coyle. Philip Coyle was the guy in oh my, my neighborhood. Isn't it funny how we remember that? What the? Fuck? Yeah, but I mean, the kid, the kid's last name was Stoner. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> like, so, right. Well, it didn't mean anything. Figure. It didn't mean anything back then. I'd, I assume. Doesn't mean anything now. Right. My GI Joe story is I would get the. Uh, side stuff, GI Joe stuff for mm-hmm. Christmas, and I never got a GI Joe for Christmas. <laughs> oh, I so never you, was into it. I anyway. never use it, right? No. But, but the Star Wars stuff. I mean, I mean, I same kid in my that I grew up with. He had the fucking Adat Walker too, the big one. You know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? That oh, mother, yeah. that motherfucker had that too. What else did he have? He had all that shit and pissed me off. <laughs> well, I ended up, I ended up getting that. Oh, uh, you're one of those. No, well, my older brother and my little brother, one were all into it. So we got that big ad ad thing. Oh, okay. And then uh, when I was like 14, I went through a big pyro phase. You started like, blowing that shit up? Yeah, I started. Like, <laughs> I melted what is now probably, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars of, of oh, vintage Oh, God, toys. yes. God, yes. No it's kidding. Not more. No kidding. It's like putting that mantle rookie card in your bicycle Stuff is wheel. So. But <laughs> back, back to Christmas. Um, favorite Christmas movie. I'm guessing oh. what, on what I think it is. Yeah, Carl I mean, already, already has. Talked yeah, about I'll, I'll vouch. Uh, okay, go for it. I mean, if I had to only have one, it would be National Lampoon. Oh, that's such a good one, dude. That's up there on my list as well. I hadn't even. I forgot about such that. a. What is? What did you think was? Mine? I thought you were going to be a Christmas story. No. No. With Ralphie. It's good. It's, not, it's good. I know it. Yeah. Hey, you'll I, shoot your eye out. This yeah, this week I actually watched the sequel, and it's worth a watch. It's worth a view. Is that where the the kid that is now an old man, but it's the same guy? It's not. No, no. They came out with a new one, and it's Ralphie yeah. when he's sixteen or fifteen, oh. going on sixteen, and uh, it's just it's really good. So uh, give it give it a watch over the over the break, and uh, tell me what you think. I will. I, um, I'm also a, a sucker for the uh, Mickey Mouse, the Disney's Christmas Carol, the old one. Oh, the original. Yeah, it was like Donald Duck and Tiny Tim. Oh, yeah. I like Carl's yeah. Christmas records, like Christmas was an inside job and Christmas Apocalypse 2020. <laughs> That's my Christmas jam. What, you sent me sausage balls the other day? Yeah, sausage balls. 
That is that not a classic. I, I was hoping to get a cameo on the Jake and Brendan uh, Christmas show. Yeah, and that's the oh. favorite song of another Brendan, Sarah's son, Brendan. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Good taste in music. Yeah, well, <laughs> you could say that, but it's a true story, though. It's the same recipe. It's a, it's a sausage, cheese, and bisquick thing, and you mix it up, and you make it little balls, and you bake it off, and it's phenomenal. Wow. Yeah. I, I thought you were just being a poet. I didn't realize it was actually. No, it's a true story. Yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't a tradition in my family, but it is with my wife's. So, you know, we kind of sometimes we, we take on other traditions of family members of, of other families and stuff. You have anything like that? You have any kind of traditions that you've, you're, you've taken on with your wife? Yeah. She is way into Christmas more than anyone I've ever met to the point where we set up well, she set up Thanksgiving decorations, and then when we realized that we were going to go to her mom's, she took them all down and put up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have we have three trees. Holy shit! Oh my god! Yep. And then the kids have a mini tree in their rooms. So wow. She yeah she's over she's into it. Wow. I think I talked about this at an earlier podcast, but the best thing I've ever bought was from Costco, and it's their Christmas tree. And you, uh-huh. it comes in three parts, and it has all the lights on it already. And you put the three parts together, and you plug it in, and the motherfucker works. That's one of our three trees. Oh, isn't it the best? Yeah, it takes – well, carrying it down from the attic is not, but well, yes. It's so great. Anyway. How, how many American yeah. flags do you have on the 4th of July? <laughs> uh, we, You know what? We have a big flagpole on our, on our front uh, – I don't know if you call it a banister – but mm-hmm. a seventy mile an hour gust of wind came and whipped it out. Well, oh, shit! Yeah. Wow. So right now we don't have flags. Mm, well, well, you're making up for it with the trees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> cool. Well, let's get back on the food talk. Um, yeah, wait so, till you wait till you hear what Carl made for well, you. We, we, <laughs> we had some conversation. We had we had um, both Jake and um, and Pony on separately the podcast separately. And we talked about food and uh, questions that I asked that we asked them were, you guys are always on the road. We, how difficult is it for you guys to eat on the road? Used out class. Uh, it's I'm, I'll probably give a similar answer to them. It's weird because a lot of times we order food and when you have a group order with 20 people, mm-hmm. somebody gets it's called getting bobbed and it <laughs> happens to it happens to Bob 40. Four out of five times, I would Is say. It salmonella or something? No, it's just <laughs> karma. Karma, okay. Oh, uh, is that but, another uh, another uh, infectious disease? I think it's a stone reference. <laughs> it's an Indian flatworm that lives in your intestines. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Just what I'm saying. Uh, but it's it's hard because sometimes you gotta you know if things are delayed and sound checks goes over and the show is early, there's like a 90 minute window, and if the food's late. I mean, Carl, you know when you're singing, like you can't eat oh, God, yeah. a Philly cheesesteak sandwich and then right. 30 seconds later start singing. Oh, absolutely. It's like absolute dog shit. Well, anyway, um, but it's, it, it's hard to eat healthy on the road. Yes, and that's exactly what, um, that's exactly what the other two were, were talking about. What, and we asked the same question to them. Yeah. What, what is the biggest surprise both ways at a, at a city? Like, yes. <clears throat> Like what, a, city what city were you most surprised had good cuisine, and what city did you think was going to have great cuisine and really disappointed you? 
Interesting. Um, That's why Detroit, we ask it. I'd say Detroit has a terrible uh, <laughs> <laughs> options, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wasn't surprised by that. Right. <laughs> so we're getting three answers. Cool. Yeah. Uh, surprised. I mean, New Orleans is got the you know is really good. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you can't uh-huh. if you can't have a good restaurant in New Orleans, there's too much competition. You can't survive. Yep. Uh, I would say I was surprised the first time I went to Charleston because there's a lot of good stuff down there too. Absolutely. Um, surprised that it was bad. I would say. Hmm. San Francisco. Oh. Ooh. I want to hear this. Fuck you, San Francisco. <laughs> Kick you in the nuts. Were there homeless people right by your table or something? <laughs> Damn. No, I just feel like it's super expensive, and oh. every time I'm I'm left wanting something else. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. I understand. Um, it's funny you said Detroit. Um, Detroit was actually a big surprise for me, but that was only at the airport. I was really shocked at how good the airport food was in, in Detroit. I never fly through Detroit. Yeah, I, I did on a layover. The beauty of Chicago is right. you can go anywhere direct. Right. But anyway, um, yeah, what about your South Bend days? Any memories Christmas when you were in college and when you're in this uh, young man in this band? Or just aside from the band, whatever. Any college day memories? I, you know, I do have college day memories. Carl will, will remember um, uh, Lula's Cafe. Oh, yeah. Remember that place? Oh, yeah. Steve used to work there. Kojo. Kojo, yeah. And um, Chef Andrew made this. It was the West African chicken peanut soup. Oh, yeah. And I got the recipe from him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so basic. Mm-hmm. It was, it's white onion, red pepper, yellow pepper, garlic. Mm-hmm. You get them soft in oil. Mm-hmm. Then you whisk in a can of crushed tomatoes. And... A broth, like some kind of either, you know, a chicken broth or something. Yeah. And then a half a jar of peanut butter. Yeah, that's it. And maybe some chicken. I love how they call it a ground nut. It's like uh, it's a way of saying a, a ground nut without, you know, without saying the word peanut butter in a soup. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, Carl, would that, re- trick. would that recipe impress your little hero, uh, Guy Fieri? Um, I, he's probably had a couple in his in his day. I don't know if it's, it's exactly it's, Flavor it's, Town, but <laughs> my my wife thinks it's hilarious when I when I make it. I say it's the West African chicken peanut soup. <laughs> <laughs> Very specific, right? Right. Well, yeah. What makes it West African? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's your Senegalese. Uh, uh, Senegalese. If you make it in South Bend, right there you go. <laughs> right. Okay. West side of South Bend or the east side of South Bend? <laughs> well, tell him what you made in his oh, honor. Okay. Well, when we were talking to, um, we were talking to Pony, and, and and you know, don't don't give him any shit for this. But he he he, do, do, do. he he kind of pointed out that you would be happy with, well, you know, just like some a couple sliders and some tater tots. <laughs> Yep, that's me. Okay. <laughs> I'm the guy. Well, what I have made today is a White Castle slider and tater tot breakfast casserole. Wow. <laughs> I took, um, and I actually went to Aldi's yesterday to pick up most of the ingredients. And uh, I got a dozen uh, White Castle cheese sliders, frozen, frozen. And 
uh, the tater tots were also frozen. And I lined the bottom of the pan with the, with the sliders whole. And then on top of that, I put one pound of tater tots frozen on top of that. One cup of drained banana pepper rings. Ooh. Two cups shredded cheddar cheese. Then I mixed two cups eggs scrambled. Free cage organic, by the way. Kind of trying to offset the, you know, the shitty slider nutritional value. <laughs> <clears throat> and then one cup of heavy cream organic. One cup of milk organic and salt and pepper. And then you just pour that mixture on top and let it kind of seep through. And it's, it's, it's basically kind of the concept of a strata. Are you familiar with that? word uh, I'm, a, I'm i'm familiar with eric estrada <laughs> <laughs> well estrada is it's basically a uh savory bread pudding that's the mm. concept of it so but the, it makes a great breakfast casserole and we are pairing the uh breakfast casserole with the narragansett lager one of the Ooh. oldest breweries in america um and i am i'm deeming it as the christmas beer Wait, so you're pairing a breakfast dish with a beer? Yes, sir. It's Christmas. That's Christmas. Excellent. Yeah, that's the first thing I do is I always have an alcoholic beverage right before the kids start to open up presents. Don't you? Yeah, and you got to get the beer out of the way because the eggnog's coming and then the wine and then yeah, the whiskey. Yeah, so, you you know, that's what gets you there. So, you yeah. know, Narragansett was founded in 1890 in Cranston, Rhode Island. Have you ever been to Rhode Island? I have. Yes. You actually co-build with the Honor Mountain String Band in Rhode Island once. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had Narragansett? Mm, I probably went to a bar that had it. I probably had one. Cool. All right, we're going to go ahead and try this out. Yeah, and I have a transition while we're trying this out. Um, when I was a kid, Narragansett was a sponsor of the Boston Red Sox, and I mentioned that because we were also in part of Sports Podcast. That's funny you say that. And Brendan became a Red Sox fan when he lived in not a, a weird town of Wellesley, Massachusetts, for a while, many many years ago. Yes, Some people tie me to that town. I don't know why. Narragansett was the first alcoholic beverage to partner with a professional sports team, the Boston Red Sox. I remember when I was true a kid. story. It was a big deal from 1944 to 1975. Yeah, they were all in the program. They're all all over the program. Oh, and didn't they, didn't they win it in, like, 76 or 77? They were in the World Series in 75. I was at Game 7. I cried as we walked out. We should have left uh, Willoughby in. We, we, we uh, took him out and put in Jim Burton and uh, somebody, what, Joe Morgan, Bloop Singled, rose in, and, and I really, it was awful. I also have a couple. That was, was that the Carlton Fisk? Yeah, that was the game before. That was in the oh, 11th yeah. inning, the game before. I have, a, I have a story about that, too, but I don't, we, we only have limited time with you. We won't I used to love stay on you. Carlton Fisk. He's one of my favorites. Love I'll it. tell that story in the outro. Cool, cool. We also have a couple condiments to go with the, with the uh, White Castle tater tot casserole. Do you okay. have, like, a, sh- a shitty white um, Zinfandel <laughs> from 7-Eleven? <laughs> <laughs> We have Mateo's gourmet yeah, salsa. It's, it's yeah. You like this stuff? You've had this before? No, but uh, the the casserole is already delicious, and I want to try it with that a little no. more. If, okay. if it's, generally, Carl, if, if if it's a favorite of yours, it's generally pretty awesome. Yep. Here, and it's my, like me with music. My favorite is the Sclafani pepper relish. Well, here's to you, Brendan. Thanks for no, joining us. It. Yeah, Brendan. Thank you for your time. Cheers to you. No, man. It sounds like you're uh, really enjoying the the casserole. Oh yeah. You know what's funny? It's like. You would think that this tastes like a, a White Castle slider, but it doesn't. It's weird. See, the cool, <laughs> cool thing is, Brendan, next time you're, you're around an, an area, you can be here for an interview, and you can actually enjoy the food and, food and maybe play some songs. 
Oh, well, I would request if I do something in person that Carl makes something with chorizo. Oh, you got it, buddy. We make our own chorizo at the restaurant. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. I also do it. I have to use the same seasoning for tempeh, chicken, and other things, um, not just pork. Hey, we got off. Uh, go ahead. I'm trying to eat more pork because it's the other white meat. Oh, yeah, man. It's cheap, too. Oh, yeah, you can sometimes get a, my girlfriend gets me that, that pork roll in the supermarket that you, you warm it up just right. It's actually pretty oh, delicious, yeah, and it's right. only like oh. nine, ten bucks and get it on sale. I'm trying to apply five bucks at Aldi's. <laughs> but, Brendan, Cubs, Red Sox yes. in the World Series, who do you root for? Cubs. Amen, you're a good man. I, uh, you know, I've lived here since 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a long time. Where were you when the Cubs won? I was in Chicago at actually Ryan Dempster's place, his, <laughs> which was six blocks from Wrigley Field. So we walked down to Wrigley afterwards. I had a bottle of champagne in my hand because the streets were just completely shut down, and it was like New Orleans. And it's funny I say that because I was walking up to Wrigley with a bottle of champagne, and a cop on a horse put, grabbed it out of my hand. And said, "This isn't New Orleans." <laughs> <laughs> You're like, well, where's the daiquiri drive-through? <laughs> this isn't backstage at the Canopy Club. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say to him? I didn't say anything. I just, I was hammered. <laughs> I just pulled a, I pulled a beer out of my back pocket. <laughs> I'll show you. And you were with yeah. Joel, right? No, he met up with. That was after we played. Uh, that was three days later. We did the. Uh, uh, I got hired to be a part of a band for the team. Hmm. And Joel showed up for the last like 15 minutes and undid all of the good I had done all day. Oh, how, how exactly did he do that? Well, I don't want to name names, but <laughs> <laughs> this is great. he he managed to ash uh, a marijuana cigarette into one of one of the star players' cups <laughs> and managed like yep, Dean Martin and, shit. Yeah. Not on, I don't think it was on purpose. And then he managed to knock a full drink out of um, <laughs> Ryan Dempster's hand and spilled all over his nice shoes. God dang it, he was out of control, bro. I've never seen Joel well, no, out of control. Wasn't wor- it wasn't. I had Adam Budney with me, and he was about to get kicked out. And my wife wow. was like a woman let out of a cage. She grabbed a bullhorn and was sitting in Jason Hayward's lap screaming, the fucking Cubs win the World Series. And all the wives were staring at her like, who is this woman and why is she here? (laughs) I love it. I love it. That's why you win the World Series. So, you know, people can come do things like that. Let's talk a little music. One of of my favorite things that you do is with Jake and you do your Christmas show. And it's coming right up as as we're recording. You you missed a couple years on that, right? So this is, is this the, yeah, this is the makeup. Well, this is the first one in last year. The last two years we didn't do it because of COVID. Right. We were gonna do something, and then last year, remember there was that big wave that hit. Oh, that's right. That's right. You were you were gonna do something online. Yeah. Right. Um, but not in person yet because I, I don't think that many people were really ready to be indoors yeah. with a lot of people mm-hmm. in the winter. Right. Now I know you're so, ca- yeah. you're capturing those shows a high quality mix these days. How many years? Would you say, looking back, do you have really good quality recordings of those shows? Oh, at least 15. Awesome. If not not 20, Browning is recorded or arranged for someone to record everyone for 
almost all of them. Mm. And then the, 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 I guess the idea is someday to go back over it and put out the mm-hmm. good stuff. Do you have a lot of surprises for for the next one? Yes, we have a couple. I, cool. I'm not at liberty to say. Of course not. Um, no. But there we will be entertainment. Right. But looking back, do you have any favorite moments, any favorite covers, any moments of spontaneity or any guests moments that stick out? Um, we did the John Lennon Christmas song once with a children's choir. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we, we gave the money to the yeah, that's music awesome. school. That's killer. Yes. No, not that one. The, uh, uh, it's Christmas. It's what have we done? Now that yes, you're that older, new one does begun. A very yep. merry Christmas. I could do the whole thing. But. Yeah, Rob's really good at that kind of <laughs> shit. Yeah, but limited time, limited time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's a good memory, though, as far as a, a moment. But how many times has the band, the whole band, showed up and played at those? I know you always have somebody from the band sit in, but wasn't I don't there... think we've, I don't think we've ever done one where everybody in the band was there. Oh, okay. Oh, really? I know we we probably would have done a song with everybody, and I I. We haven't. Right. You might as well uh, might as well just be an Umphreys concert at that point. Yeah, you know. Mm. No, just at the um, end. Just at the end. Mm. We've yeah, no, not well, not with everybody. There's been Pony played one year, Farrad plays pretty much every year. And uh Joel's played uh, several times. Chris I think is when he lived here he would come by, but now he's in Nashville. Yeah, yeah. He, he's doing a big thing down there at a yeah, I was just going to ask ride. you if he if he had a big uh, holiday plan to do something down down in our neighborhood down here. Yeah, he's got a. I think it's next. It's like the weekend after, but he's got a ridiculous, serious lineup. Yeah, workload. Right. Hmm. Interesting. And, and now Andy's down there too, right? No, and he that, just moved back to Chicago. Oh, he did. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But he was down in Nashville for a while. I he thought, was down there for a while. I have a side question. Have you had his rub, his barbecue rub, yet? Uh, I have the old. I haven't tried the new exact the new batch. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But I know a lot of people are raving about it. That's great. We're waiting to get our our shipment in. Sarah's supposed to send us some down. We're going to do a review and have him on the show. I heard it was very sexy. I'm sure it is. I mean, everything about him is. It'll make your hair curly. It's unbelievable. <laughs> he, he is reinvented man flash. Um, back to music. Do you, have you ever played any other kind of registered? Uh, registers of guitars like I just started playing a baritone and I just mm-hmm. I, it's like my thing I love this this playing a baritone it's just I, yeah. I can't believe it took me so long to figure this out I have played one of those and it's is that it's like it's not a bass right right it's it's their thicker strings and it's mm-hmm. it's I feel like that's what John Lennon was using a lot and that that last no no uh, no I'll correct you on that. He was playing was a he, he was playing a Fender Six. That's actually okay. a bass guitar. It's know. the register of a bass guitar, but it has all six of the strings like a it's like a guitar. So it's a, exactly an octave lower. How often was he playing that? Uh, well, he played it on my guitar, gently weeps. Okay. That's him playing bass the the, the six, uh, allegedly mm-hmm. from what I've heard. Um, no, he is. Yeah, that's and, and a couple of those songs on the video too. He played on. Um, pretty much any song that that Paul is recorded playing piano, yeah. or Paul is playing guitar, he's covering on the bass on the Fender Six. That's dope. Now that yeah. Fender Six is the same. That's the same exact guitar that that uh, Brett Paget has. 
Remember how he, he come out there with that? <laughs> yeah. It's the same one. It's we used to call that the baritone, but it's not technically a baritone guitar. It's actually a bass register guitar. I have a funny story about Brett Padgett. I'm sure that. you do. Great. He's <laughs> going to be share. He's going to be a guest <laughs> season we were, two. We were playing the Riv. I don't know, 15 years ago, and mm-hmm. there was a a ruckus, and you could see like commotion in the crowd and people turning around. I thought it was a fight. And this, the crowd started spreading out of the way. And with Brett Pageant, he walked in the front door with a gigantic tuba mm-hmm. <laughs> and just played played his way to the front of the stage <laughs> and threw the tuba on the stage and turned around and walked out. Did you keep the tuba? I don't remember what happened to the tuba. I think we're all just kind of like, what just happened? <laughs> I just Colonel Bruce Hampton just popped in my head yeah, for some I, reason. I, I think I saw the, a video of that, actually. This is before cell phones and common video, so that would be great if there was. I, I'm pretty sure there's some kind of video out there of that because I remember seeing it because I had heard the story from other people, and I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> I didn't put it you're past like, them. You're like, what? <laughs> but it does sound possible. Yes, correct, absolutely. Well, I have lots of stories about Brett Paget, but I'm just gonna let. You know, for the sake of a time crunch, um, I don't really have time to go over those. But do you have stories of Brendan from back in the Notre Dame late 90s days? Or, Brendan, do you have Carl stories that some that his, uh, you know, listeners uh, might want to hear? Carl, I remember once coming over when I lived on St. Peter Street. And mm-hmm. he showed me the flat five. <laughs> And well, what was around. her name? <laughs> <laughs> or their he names? Showed, he showed me the shape, and I remember like thinking it was the coolest thing. And I wrote this this uh, riff. It's in a Humphrey song called "Der Blutenkot," mm. and it was right after Carl showed me that. And he was only over for a few minutes, thank God, because he used to not wear deodorant, <laughs> and he would eat large cloves of garlic raw and just sweat it out. Mm, that was a nut job. Well, like Buddy Guy yeah, says, you're, make you're it so funky you can smell it. Yeah. That's right. That's um, right. What's another one? Once we, me, Pony, Adam, and Farrig, I made um, ganja butter. Mm. And I stacked it. It was very potent. And we went to see you guys. And we there was like a couch in the middle of the room. And we were all very, very heavily sedated. And we all got paranoid and left after three minutes. it's been good butter yeah no doubt Mm -hmm. well there was one time in the past you you told me you were a fly on the wall for a lot of alibaba stuff because you were like a friend of theirs and you were around them a lot right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you guys i remember played at christian browning's basement oh Mm. it was on marion street Uh uh-huh yep you play you guys played there too as well we did as remember, well, yeah. but I remember one night there was a, a you know, like the, the light bulb hanging from the ceiling with the string. Oh, yeah. It was above Krojo's head, and there was some kind of breakdown. Maybe it was syncopated strangers, mm-hmm. and it was that weird walk-up thing in the middle, and Krojo just was turning the light on and off over his head, and I thought it was just brilliant performance art. <laughs> <laughs> It's the little things. He's like, I'm going to do the lights now. I'm turn it on. <laughs> I'm <gonna> turn it off. <laughs> what was the Engelman stage presence like in that era? Uh, the Engelman stage presence was very much like it still is. It's it's his stage, and you're 
you're lucky to be there. <laughs> I right. remember Carl actually came in. Wait. You, no, I was I was watching you we what was the place? It was Heartland. Remember oh that yeah. Place? It was like oh, yeah. country western bar. Oh like, yeah, it was terrible. Somehow let jam band hippies in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys did Faith No More Epic. Yeah. And then you Carl jumped on the ground and started flopping around like the dead fish at the in end the, of the movie video. or in the video, yeah. Because I'm a Pisces. Yep. I'm a Pisces. Well, now it makes sense. Yeah, that's why I did it. Need video of that. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time I got all drunk on stage with you guys on Heartland, and I was like, I had a beer bottle and was pretending I was peeing on everybody. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> See, I would I if if people had phones with cameras on them back then. I mean, we might not be where we're at now. How to make friends and influence hippies? Mm-hmm. Oh man, thank God for that. No shit. And Carl, what about Bayless? What was what was Bayless like on stage back in the day? And what was the word on campus about Mumphreys McGee? Well, I wasn't in the in the college, right. but but you but were in the circles. I was in the circles, and uh, one of my favorite places to go. Um, to see you guys was at Jasmine's oh, yeah. or whatever. I don't know what it's, it went through 17 different names and you know, mm-hmm. golly, that place was probably infested with rats and who knows what the hell. Oh yeah. But, um, do you remember Brett Paget one time set up a recording and he was recording the crowd noise at one of your shows? Yeah. I have a picture of you. I have a photograph of you during, and you were wearing overalls. Yes. And uh, we actually incorporated that into one of our songs. Foreshadowing. Yeah. We put, oh, so it was like there's no crowd noise, actually? But it, was, it was like, it was, it was um, we, not in one of our shows, but one of our, our tracks that we did, where we had uh, taking, taking recordings of you. And you're, you can hear your voice because you're close to the microphone. You're like really close to the microphone. And I don't remember. Well, if, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to get crowd noise at an Umphrey show back then, there's probably you and... Five other people. Well, there was there was Roach and uh, yeah. somebody yeah. somebody screaming about the Illuminati. Yes. <laughs> hey, but those were the those were really fun, good days because you know I can hear what I can hear in my head the way it sounded, and and I, and I really miss Mike. You know, I really do. Not, yeah. I'm, he he was just a character. I remember I used to come over to your guys' house or when I don't know if you guys. Well, it was somebody's house, and he was hanging around. I, th- I think he was living there at the time. And he'd just be in the recliner, and his dick would be hanging out of his pants. And he'd try, yeah, yeah. He'd try talking to you, and it was like he's looking at your eyes to see how long it'll take before you look at his dick. Yeah, that was like Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. Yeah, he did it all the time. and it was, he, and, was he would sometimes pull it out and play a snare drum with it. Right. <laughs> he'd be like, hey, guys, it's marching. <laughs> Rest in peace. I mean, I love that guy. He was so fun. I love him so much. He was so fun, and uh, yeah, prick snare. Mm. It's so crazy, Carl. Like we basically grew up together mm-hmm. in that scene, and looking back, that was so. That's like a lifetime ago. Yeah, yeah. And look at look at all the other friends we know too. You know, like Frank, who's mm-hmm. been on the show, who's been on the show as well. And um, back in the day, remember it was Juniper Tree Day days, and oh yeah, and this was like ta- pre Tashi Station. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever happened to uh, the other guys you used to play with Tashi Station with? Do you got you know the, the other two? Yeah, dudes? what were Greg their names? Andrew- 
Greg Andrewlis right. moved out to Colorado. And yeah. He's actually playing with a bluegrass band for a while. Oh, nice. Cool. Cool. It's very hip these and days. And I th- think he's he's got kids, and uh, I think he's still in Colorado now. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steve Sanders Stadler was his name. We called him Sanders because nine hundred two one zero. Right. Um, he is in Kentucky. Oh. And he Pony and I had. He came out to a show like 10 years ago, and uh, we had dinner with him before. Um, well, that's that's great. crazy how long ago that was. Right. Now, what was, the, what was your band before Tashi Station? I was in a band called Reverend Funk. That's right. That's right. And I was kicked out of that band. <laughs> Why were you kicked out of the band? Yeah. And I missed um, a couple practices that they called like last minute. Oh, what a bunch of douches. And I was down in Bloomington. Uh, I'd go down there on Friday mornings and like skip class and go party down in Bloomington. Yeah. And there were two times where they were like, Hey, we got to get, we just got a gig offer for tomorrow. And I was like, well, I'm not there. I'm in Bloomington. Oh. And I honestly, so after two, missing two gigs and a couple of, I was not good anyway. I couldn't play. Mm-hmm. So it was guitar though that they wanted you for, not your uh, song smithing or your vocals. Yeah, I I was just friends with two of the guys. So gotcha. One of one of them was Mike Nolan. I don't know if you remember. Him. Oh yeah, yeah, he was a classical guitar trainer, right? That's, yeah. Yep. And mm-hmm. he he has some influence on some of your writing as well, right? Or didn't didn't yeah. he have a song on one of the albums? Yeah, he sent me some something, and I basically took the first half of it and stuck something on the second half. And um, unfortunately for him, mm-hmm. we don't really make a whole lot in royalties. So. Do you do you remember Paul Weinfield? Do you ever what, hear? Wait, real quick, which song uh, was that? Which yeah. song was that? Uh, it's called It's called Uncommon. Oh, oh my God! Yeah, cool. Mm-hmm. Sorry, go ahead. But yeah, Paul Weinfield. You remember that guy? I do. He had big bushy curly big hair. Big bushy curly hair and Gibson SG. No, no, he played a uh, Les Paul. Les Paul, and he was he was a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. And he was really. I wonder whatever happened to him, Paul. If you're out he there, went, he went to Bloomington, I think. Like to teach? Well, I, that's when he left South Bend. Oh no, because I know he went to Bloomington. We visited him, him and John Schuster. Do you remember meet that guy? Oh yeah, I remember John. He went to high school. Yeah, I have a piece of his artwork in my studio. Oh, nice! Isn't that crazy? <laughs> so <laughs> small world. Yeah, you, you guys got along really well. I'm asking both of you this. Mm-hmm. Ali Bob's Humphreys obviously got along, but when you co-build, mm-hmm. was there was there a competitive element? Was there we're gonna freaking level tonight? Because I don't know if there was if it was a competition because it was like we weren't doing the same things really. Sure, but on a given night when you're and okay. we involved each other a lot. Okay, because like Jake would always sit in with them, and we had. I have a I have a picture of uh, playing in Lulu's Cafe with um, you and a uh, uh, saxophone guy. What's his name? Um, uh, John. No, oh, no, no. Uh, Keith Siska. No, it wasn't him. John. The older guy. Uh, he yeah. used to play kabump with us. Damn it! Should, and, oh, Rick. Pro, Rick. Uh, professor. Uh, yes, the professor. Rick, oh, was, man, where's Jimmy know, Knowledge when we need him? Jimmy no, Knowledge would know all this shit. Yeah, so would Crojo. Crojo would be like, ah, you dumbass, this motherfucker. Rich Cohen. Rich Cohen, that's it. I, Cohen. Yeah, so I have a picture of you and Rich Cohen uh, sitting in with us, and I think we're playing Kabump. It was like one of the first times we played Kabump mm-hmm. that we ever played it because we did it with Rich um, at Lulu's Cafe. It's a fantastic yeah. photo. So, I mean, it was, no, it was th- very common. I don't think we there wasn't much competition because we I think we 
you're, Carl's right. We weren't doing the same. We're doing different things. Yeah. You, you guys sounded very different than we did. And we were just, ha- I think both of us were just happy to have like people, you know, listening. So mm-hmm. would you prank? It made sense to join forces. Would you prank each other? Yes. Uh, but I can't. Nothing like dastardly. Nothing like dildo stuff you do with the biscuits. <laughs> no, they those guys still have. I owe them one. I imagine if we were touring together for a long time, we definitely would start doing that kind of shit. Oh, for sure. But we were playing rooms with like yeah one room. You could see everything. Like mm-hmm. so you couldn't really get away with anything. Now Carl often cooked for the for Alibaba's. Did he ever cook for Humphreys? Yeah, back when in Asheville. And Ash- I feel like you did. Oh, more recently. Like, no, yeah, like 10 years ago. Didn't you bring some stuff? I did. I brought some uh, fried lotus chips that were dipped in chocolate. And a kazoo. Because uh, uh, Browning was, we kept on commenting and asking me about it. And I was like, yeah. Because you know. he's a foodie. I mean, Browning's definitely a foodie. He is. He is a foodie. Well, am, go ahead. I am, I, in all the band, I'm sure they would say that I am the least foodie. Yeah, that was the consensus that we heard. I'm, I'm <laughs> well, we're at the end of the year, so we got we got to look back on the year a little bit. And I told someone that I would mention that you put out a record this year, and um, mm-hmm. a good record. Yes, we're just thank a you. It's it. I can play it for my. It, it was like an entry level drug for my girlfriend to get on, <laughs> to another level. On face, so was the Deborah at uh, Sweetwater. But I don't want to get into that. Um, <laughs> But there's one song on it, which, by the way, Talking Circles, Osiris, uh, my friends yeah. at Osiris did a wonderful, I think, 14 or 15-part series. And um, they went a little short shrift, though, on the one that you kind of collaborated with Carl on, right? Um, it's a Belichick quote. Oh, it's not your fault. Oh, uh, yeah, that's the one I, was, I sent Carl. Carl was reaching out about working on songs, and that was the first one I think I sent him I was working on. Yeah. And you were like, dude, that's a good one. You should. I was like, eh. You were like, eh. I was like, I was like, I was basically saying, if the band doesn't want to do that song, you need to go solo and do that song just to do that song. (laughs) (laughs) He definitely was nudging me in the right direction. Right. And I'm glad you did because it sounds, I was so happy to see it on the new record. I I think I texted you. I was like, holy shit, this is awesome. But interestingly, he wasn't happy to hear that you feel it uh, harkens to Neil Young. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> let's get into this I, I love neil young i don't think carl does yeah carl's on uh, you're in the middle i'm on the Eddie. i'm on the extreme carl's lover of neil guy. carl's on the extreme not lover of neil yes you know, i'm a not lover of tom petty and i think carl's a tom petty guy uh, but i tell you what the neil young thing the redemption is harvest moon oh it's so amazing it is really yeah. fantastic it's it's, so it's the one note solos that drive me nuts. You know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, um, yeah, all the stuff, all of them. And and you know the Tom Petty thing is like um, back in the day. Um, I think we played at we played at um, summer camp. ABT did. Mm-hmm. And, and um, running out of dream. We did, and I and I didn't know it was unbeknownst to me that you did not like Tom Petty at the time. And Crojo is the one that pointed it out to me. He's like, yeah, he hates Tom Petty. We need to play this song. Ah." You know, that kind of thing. (laughs) So, and and I was indifferent at the moment. But I tell you what, after um, 
after listening to enough episodes of Buried Treasure on Sirius XM by Tom Petty, yes. you get into the head of Tom Petty and what he's into. And then I started to listen to the older Tom Petty stuff. You know, this is not the Wildflowers. This is way before then. And it really is fantastic. You know, he plays with, um, what's that guy's name? Uh, cousin, he plays... He plays with a lot of great people. Ben Montench, Mike Campbell. Mike Campbell, who I was going to see with Government Mule after yeah. working here one day. There's a reason why I guess he plays with great people. You know, he's got, you got to have something, you know. You can't just be like <laughs> total fucking loser and then you're playing with, with um, you know, George Harrison. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I mean, there's got to be something there that I'm missing. For me, it's just like, I, I'm not a fan of when somebody's writing a line and I already know what word he's going to rhyme yeah. the next line with before he does it. Yeah, I understand totally, and I am the opposite of that. I think. I think I am. I don't oh, know. Absolutely, I try to be. You'll lead someone in a direction where you think something's coming, and then, yeah, you'll like almost intentionally set up for people to think it and hit them mm-hmm. something different. Mm-hmm. And same thing with Brendan. Well, Carl will use a red goat. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest of all time. <laughs> the red goat surprise. <laughs> That's right. It was, I was actually I was really talking about Tom Brady joining the Buccaneers. <laughs> or on the song, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Or he yeah. he has great rhyming schemes too, like the song we're about to hear that I'm going to ask you at the end to uh, introduce. He pairs up um, on this day and Namaste. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's the shit. That's my wheelhouse of Engelman lyrics. Stuff like that, <laughs> right there. Uh, that's the uh, uh, transcendental. Transcendental Christmas. Santa. Santa. Santa, yeah. <laughs> Look at me. I'm correcting you on your own song. Yeah, it's like Bob Weir with yeah, Dylan. That's, that's great. <clears throat> Fantastic. Oh, he just compared you to Bob Weir. I mean... No, I was comparing myself. I don't have oh, any... Okay. He was Dylan. Yeah. Right. Okay. I'm okay right. with that. It's fine. Uh, but, Brendan, <laughs> looking back on the record, how do you, how do you feel about how it's received? Um, obviously, the songs are gelling really well live. Uh, you know, I'm happy with it. I'm, I... I don't know how well it was received. You know, received. I, I can't. There's no way of me gauging it. But uh, I'm I'm happy where it landed, and I feel like the next thing we do, we don't have to do the three minute song thing. We can kind of get more self indulgent again. But how about fan yeah. reactions? A way to gauge it, and and certainly a scapegoat has gone over really well. And um, um, Jake's uh, Davil Monarchy. Mm, yeah, Davil Monarchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they they. They seem to like it. I, I, you know, it's hard. Again, it's hard for me to tell, man. I'm in my you, Carl. You know how it is. It's like you can't tell. <laughs> no, and you're not a social media guy anyway, right? I mean, that would be one no, place on you could. And I also uh, forget the in-ear monitors thing. When you don't have traditional monitors, it's really hard to hear. Even between songs, it can be hard to hear how much a crowd is cheering or what they're saying or anything like that, right? Yeah, and I'm still like trying to not mess the song up so i'm looking yeah. at my hands and looking at lyrics right, focusing on that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not not sucking it and speaking of which humble i mean mm-hmm. it's it's always interesting you've always had the lego song or song approach but to, to have a gun to your head to know you have an event and then to have specific stuff to choose from it, it seems like such a chore uh to, to put that together and you guys pulled it off so well um, where where does that fall on the difficult and, and happening natural scale of things? Oh, thank you for noticing. It's a royal pain in the ass. Wow. It's, a lot of, <laughs> it's a lot of work, and it's basically, uh, I don't think we were able to even start until like the end of September. Mm. 
So it's basically six weeks to from start to finish to get them all ready Damn. to go. Damn, that's a lot of work. But it, you know, for it was a lot, and I don't think I hope I, I'm glad you noticed that because I don't know if people appreciate that. Without, I mean, the deadline is once we announced the date, I was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an ex- now it's like I have I have a deadline. I have homework it's, how, how often are you are you listening back to the umbles and getting ideas or for vehicles of songs going forward or we're like oh i like the transition there i mean how often does that happen i don't listen back uh some of the guys do and they'll like joel listens to everything oh really so he'll make notes of what he thought was good and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if if fans are pointing stuff out uh to the guys that are on twitter or whatever we'll hear about it but I don't. I mean, I, I typically will listen to something we did new one time just to see if what I messed up, so I don't do it again, and then I just try and move on. <laughs> right. Well, we're coming up on a we're coming up short on time here. You got to get down the road to get your uh, teeth. Drilled. I got to go to a dentist appointment. Ouch! I know. But good I know man, you want to stay on. here. You'd want to stay here. Good man. <laughs> so I've got I've got a couple questions. You just say yes or no. All right. You ready? Okay. Bigfoot. Yes. Bigfoot. Yes or no? Yes. yes. Loch Ness monster. Yes or no? Yes. Area 51 aliens, yes or no? Yes. Moon landing, yes or no? Uh, yes. Yes on the moon landing. Okay. Area 51 aliens and elves. We haven't gotten any um, anybody against the moon landing yet, but um, they're, they're out there, I promise. <laughs> well, thank you, brother. I hope you play uh, Leo Sayers. You make me feel like dancing at Atlanta with horns at New Year's Eve. <laughs> that would make someone very close to me very happy. <laughs> You could do nice, it, man. and you could you could you could dig into that, and Coffin would love it. I think. Well, email me, email, remind me, send me an email. I will absolutely. And if you could end by saying, "Hey, everybody, this is Carl Engelman's transcendental transcendental Santa." <laughs> oh, you want me to do that right now? Yeah, and thank you so much for being on. Ah, no problem, no problem. I love you both, and uh, happy you. all that stuff. Yes, sir. And. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this is Carl Engelman's Transcendental Santa. Namaste, namaste. Santa is present. Own children of the north. Do you hear what I hear? Is it the deep meditative breathing of Santa, a reindeer? Cross your legs, and what do you see? With your third eye open, under the Christmas tree. Let's huff and puff to calm our boobies and rip open paper to see the goodies. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho and a bottle of bucha. Invisible Christmas list from the Buddha. 
Santa Claus is present, namaste. With lots of presents, namaste. All his presents are real, but intangible. Only attainable with the third Christmas eye. Santa Claus is here. Namaste. Ra-pa-pum-pum. The little drummer boy. Your dreams are translucent. Little Buddha has a schedule clear for you next year. All is lost, but all is gained. Under the Christmas tree. Yeah, so Transcendental Santa has lots of presents. Uh-huh. So did you, did you guys see um, that Time Magazine is voting Zelensky to be the man of the year? <laughs> oh, boy. Didn't this guy just almost get us into World War Three not too long ago and try to blame it on hey, Russia? Hey, we still, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, you know we mean? might be in it already, right? Anyway, kind of, kind of. But, you know, it... At the same time, Time Magazine had Hitler as their band of the year, you know. And then what about the kid who, the bombing kid? Oh, yeah, 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 right, right. So it's, maybe it's not necessarily a good person man of the year. It's just a man of the year that maybe has 
a lot of influence on the world, I guess. Yeah, Trump. Trump was he on there one yeah, time? Far left people completely lost their minds. Right. Right. Hey, it's just a magazine, y'all. Which Chill I don't like out. Donald Trump, but sometimes it's worth watching. <laughs> Do you think he's done? I think he's done. Yeah, I think as much as I don't like DeSantis either, I think yeah. when, when they get in a debate get together, I think DeSantis will chew him out yeah. and spit him out and end his career. So it's one of those weird things. It's like Raffensberger yeah. in Georgia and Kemp, two guys that I yeah. don't see eye to eye with, but they stood up to Donald Trump and I respect him for it. Actually, right. Raffensberger is a good Secretary of State. Too. And, and what do you think of, of Kanye West? Good Lord. That's, by the way, your hot mess. That's your grandmother's friend. That's right. <laughs> My ex-neighbor your, your, your grandmother's ex-neighbor <laughs> ye funny, call, yeah. what should we call her she and she and ye I don't know it's funny I mean I think it's mental health and it's a little sad yeah, yeah, you know yeah. and it, I don't know if people should be having them on but I can't blame people it's like, you know look everybody's talking about Alex every time he's on a show everybody's talking about that show so it's that media thing right 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 yeah gotcha it's kind of a liability but if you know and the t- the Tim Pool thing was big too when he walked off in the Tim Pool thing and right but I, I you know I, I but that info I, war, that info wars. <laughs> I mean, come on. Was, come but, on. But I think he's Hitler. He, I think he's got to be trolling or something. I know, but that's not something serious. you troll about. I know, but it didn't seem serious. Like it seemed well, like he had a stupid hat on or whatever. Whatever. And did he have a Balencia outfit on or something? Yeah, and he had a little toy he was making noises with. It just I don't know. Oh, that with the Netanyahu. I guess if you can't write songs and make records anymore, you got to get creative, huh? Guess that's it, but uh, I, hey, look! If I ever lose my edge, man, just uh, don't don't let me fall off the cliff there. I mean, <laughs> so it was great having Brennan on. Um, our, uh, where's the champagne? I thought we were celebrating. Oh the yes, season we, here. we are. We are celebrating the end of season. We're celebrating uh, Christmas, and um, we're going to raise a toast to all of the guests that we had on season one. And we want to thank every one of them. They're fantastic. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate. Um, to them for for coming on board and um, and all the ones that turned us down too. Thank right? you. And yeah, thanks a lot, jerks. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go get that. We'll talk about the. Champagne. They'll be on second season. I also want to, um, while Carl is getting the champagne, I want to thank you, listeners, for tuning in. We appreciate it. You know, it's, it's a lot of work putting these together, and I drive all the way up here. And Carl already has a lot of work in his plate, but he's he's using his studio and putting a lot of time in himself. So please give us feedback. Stew on this pod at gmail.com. Please support Sarah at Dropped Among This Crowd Media. Especially her. Yeah. Especially her. She's, she's one you of the tell the rest ones. of us to go to fucking hell, but yeah. not her. Yeah, be nice to her, but you, you feel free to slam us in an email. We might use it on the show, mm-hmm. particularly if it's clever. I mean, absolutely. We're going to talk about this, um, the champagne, too, which technically is not called champagne. Do you know why? Well, because Champagne's a particular area of France, right? Correct. And it has to be made in that area. And one thing I've noticed is that with uh, climate change, that the ideal longitude for making this stuff is changing. So there's actually somewhere in England now that's, that's even a better... Yeah, it, well, those things change all the time. It's not just, you know, climate change all the time. Have you seen the... Side note, have you seen the Netflix... Um, Never mind, never mind. Let's no, what? Which, we'll which one? Real quick. The one with Graham Hancock and uh, Randall Carlson. And no, one. no, but I heard them on Rogan. Right. It was <clears> interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. But that, talking about climate change and everything, that's... that's right, but that is... Uh, whether or not it's cyclical is an argument. But, Correct. But the champagne sparkling wine thing? Correct. Pretty tangible evidence yes. that at least in this moment of time, it has impacted. Well, and you know, it's what, a little you, more you, north you, where, where another factor. Another factor is also the age of the, of the grapes. Mm-hmm. Where in Georgia, it, Georgia could be the next California maybe. 
up and coming. Who knows? 30 years, 40 years from now? Because back in the 80s, when they discovered, you know what, Chardonnay from California, it was kind of like a aha moment. Hmm. It, was, it wasn't just like a, wasn't this thing where they just instantly thought that all oh, this great wine was going to come out of California. It just started to come out of California. The, 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 the age of the vines were at a particular point, and the climate was where it, it could be so that it made excellent wine. Gotcha. But anyway, we're going to talk about this St. Hey, I want you to know, hmm. my grapes are aging quite well. I could see that. <laughs> uh, uh, call back to the first episode. They're called the uh, Georgia Grapestones. <laughs> At least for another few months until I uh, move here. Right. <clears throat> we need a new name. <clears throat> Email us with a new name. New for name. Grapes. New name for his grapes. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I'm okay. sorry to derail so, you that with that sophomore stuff. I know. We're, no, we, we, we're like, we have ADD today. It's okay. <laughs> well, we've done like 6,000 hours of... Whatever. Um, this is the St. Hilaire. I said we sell this at our restaurant. It is a French sparkling wine, and it's bottled fermented. Um, and, it's, and like we said before, it's not champagne because it didn't come from the Champagne region of France. This comes from a different region of France called the Blanquette de Lemieux, which I don't know if I pronounced that correctly. Blanquette de Lemieux. There you, I like the way you pronounced it better. You must have some Canadian in you. I like. Uh, hey. I watch a lot of hockey. You <laughs> watch a lot of hockey. There, yes. Playoff hockey. Uh-huh. This this champagne is brut, a brut, which means dry, essentially. And uh, don't do that. <clears throat> and uh, is considered to be considered brut. It must be made with less than ten grams of added sugar per liter. Oh, nice little fact. And that's anyway, what dries it out. Yeah, not putting the the because um, the sugar added sugar is going to cause. Fermentation, it's gonna it's gonna cause carbonation, and so it's a delicate balance of how much sugar will sacrifice taste versus fermentation process and bubbly. Uh, what do you call that? Effervescence. <clears throat> um, so this is a really good. And remember, we still sparkling have wine. One more song to play and discuss before we end the season. Right. And um, I'm also going to go over the proper way to open champagne. My dad used to do this shit in the house all the time where he'd go, yeah, and he'd flip up the cork and it would shoot up and hit the ceiling and put a big dent in the ceiling. Did you ever pinball around? Like, <laughs> a couple, a couple times. Like a cartoon? But properly done. Is on a porch. There shouldn't be a sound. So we're going to put the mic up to this and oh. see if I can pull it off. Just if right. I can open it up. Right in your hand? Without making a sound. You ready, ladies and gentlemen? Let's go. Oh, I farted a little. Oh, come on now. Anyway, most people try to pretend they didn't fart. Carl Engelman <laughs> pretends he did. Yep. Whoever smelt it, dealt it. So our listeners, you're the boss. You're in charge of us. Next to Santa Claus. 364 days a year. On Christmas, Santa Claus is the boss. We're going to play the song right now and then talk about it.
ATC events board this week on dropped among this crowd a dive into hall of fame 2021 which is now available for pre-order at merch.umphreys.com next week the final episode of the year a look back at 2022 new episodes in 2023 returning january 10th are you supporting datc media on patreon in addition to other fantastic perks subscribers get access to dropped among this crowd episodes before they air to the public plus other content conversations and photos not available anywhere else go to www.patreon.com forward slash DATC media company
Do On This is brought to you by the DATC Media Company. Email us. Tell us what you think. StewOnThisPod at gmail.com. What did you think of uh, Santa Claus It's the boss? Wonderful. And I have to say, a lot of your Christmas songs are just you or you with someone singing. Mm-hmm. This is full band, and this is scorching guitar. Yeah, I, that song was with uh, my buddy Ben Kilmer, um, drummer Ben Kilmer. And then um, Joe Dotery plays the uh, lead guitar on it. Yes. And Joe, who's been referenced in previous episodes. And, right. and Ben is the one you do the mystery lyrics with. Yeah, so he's, he's my hired gun. For the most part, he's just a fantastic fellow to hang out with, and um, he's on a lot of my stuff. Why have we? He's got to be on season two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll do something with him. He's so much fun. We've got some good cool golfer stuff. too. Really good golfer. Cool. Well, yeah. I'm not a big golf guy. Though. Well, he is, but, but I'm not either. But I like to get out there and turn the phone off and like smoke cigars and because golf, you're playing against yourself, which I kind of like. Right. I don't keep score. But you can go by a lake and get a cigar out and hang out. Yeah, but there's something about being on the golf course. It's funny. I don't know what remind, made me think about this, but there's this group of people that we go to shows with and go to festivals, and mm-hmm. I've noticed that the last couple times we've gone to festivals, most of them have not gone to see much of the music, which I'm not criticizing or anything, but it's like, why not just get a beat, Ben? Why do we have to be at a festival? Mm. Why not just get a bed and breakfast and hang out? You know, what is it about a festival? With, like, you know, a, just as like a social event? Or? Yeah. That's their church. I guess, but how, what, how church is, if you're just sitting and not seeing the bands, why not? Why would you? Have oh, they're not even going to, like, right. they're not even watching the bands. Right. Or maybe oh, they'll go up, like, oh. just for one, like the last one, it was just for String Dusters, you know, the one before. It's like, well, they went up just for, I don't know, Fireside Collective and. Well, you know, believe it or not, there might be people out there that just, don't get into music. Well, they I don't, don't get it. They, they don't. But you're playing into my point. Mm. Then why be at a music festival for the hangout? Why not just get a bed and breakfast by a lake near a cool town where there's good restaurants or, or a bed and breakfast with a nice kitchen and just hang out with each it other? must be the people. Because I'm a freak about music. If I'm at the festival, yeah, any, anytime there's a, I'm itching, I, I want to see the music. Because it's like, well, I invested the time and money and mm-hmm. energy to get here. Yeah. I might as well in part inform and in part entertain myself by losing myself in the music, whatever. Well, I digress. Festivals are, are definitely an investment of your time. Big They're pain in the ass. Yeah. They're pain in the ass. Yeah, literally. <laughs> <laughs> you get the mud butt, mud butt, mud butt, mud butt. <laughs> um, just real quick, do you remember recording this at all? It wasn't too, too long ago. And will you, do you have any future Christmas records in you? Um, this year, the release of The Long Game was so close to the Christmas season, I didn't have enough time to start a new album, but... I've promised other people, and I've promised myself that next year, 2023, we will have another Christmas album. 
Now, what kind of feedback have you gotten from these? I know Ellen just gave me some of the negative feedback. You've gotten. <laughs> What's some of the positive feedback you've gotten? Um, people think it's uh, funny and light, lightheartedness. Like your son, Byron. He's very funny and lighthearted. Yeah, sure. And he got to sing that one song. Yes, he's on, he's on one of the right. You ain't getting shit for Christmas, right, Byron? Yeah. Yeah. That's how, that's how he learned how, how to say the word shit. Mm-hmm. Just through that. Well, he, he probably knew it before. Which, he just did too much credit. credit. Yeah, you want to do one you guys know. <clears throat> yeah, um, I actually have... I, I do some weird Christmas singing type stuff. Last year I did an MP3 track that I kind of put together, and I put together um, a whole medley of christmas songs but instead of saying the word christmas i would replace it with go fuck yourself oh wait i have heard some of these yeah so it's like have a holly jolly go fuck yourself yeah we tweeted mm-hmm. some a couple of these yeah i might, sarah I might have said it to you yeah probably. or sarah <clears throat> so that's kind of like an inside thing and um oh there you go <laughs> but they're doing the christmas albums are, are so much fun because you can you can pretty much you know, get into the spirit of Christmas without the, being overwrought. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. Do you know the Christmas song, Chestnuts? Yeah. Do you know who wrote that? Yeah, Mel Torme. I love it, and I love his version of it too. Well, yeah, but a lot. It's a good trivia question because he's not known for writing songs. Mm. Is he? He's more of an interpreter, right? And yet he and, wrote. And, it, and it's funny because he, re- when I heard the interview with him talking about this. He said that they wrote it for Nat King Cole and Nat King Cole's voice. And that's amazing to be an artist, a writer and have a particular artist's sound in your mind when you're writing for another. It, it's, it's amazing, especially that that song works so well with, with Nat King Cole. It's one of the most beautiful Christmas songs out there. Now, things that come to mind with me when you say that, I feel like Bruce Springsteen, maybe because of the night with Patti Smith. I mm-hmm. think maybe Bowie with all the young dudes for Ian Hunter and Mott the Hoople. Mm-hmm. Like, what are other songs you think maybe were written? Did did Prince have Sinead O'Connor in mind with Nothing Compares to You by any chance? I don't think he did, but but she she ran away with it. Can you imagine eclipsing Prince on a no. version of his own song? Right. Did anybody else ever do that ever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah, I know. Props to Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, and rest in peace, Prince. Damn, mm, that was a big loss. I never saw him. You see that Super Bowl? Um, oh, when it started this, to rain during Purple Rain. The only reason it's not the greatest Super Bowl performance in history is because of nine eleven mm. and the U two. Mm-hmm. Also, that was Patriots' first Super Bowl. But you, but U two. Oh, I'm actually starting to get emotional just thinking about it. That when walk on when they scroll the. Yeah, it was happy. U twos. Um, if you haven't seen it, mm, it's 2000. I, I guess it would be 2002. Yeah, 2002. I don't think I've seen that. Oh my god, it's just three songs, but it's so powerful. It's so <clears throat> very cool. So we end the season on the heavy note, huh? I guess we're going to keep doing this, folks, and hopefully by this time next year, I'll be living somewhere near here, and it'll be easier. I won't have to drive five hours total and be late for Brennan Bayless interviews and stuff. <sighs> Thank you, Brennan, for your patience, for your time, and for staying true to form and having an eye on your clock during the whole interview. Cheers, everybody. I hope you get what you're wanting for Christmas. We love you.